Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. Lawmakers across the country who are trying to tackle climate change have directed their attention to an item most of us use every day. Natural gas burning stoves. Dozens of local governments have voted to drive down their carbon footprints by banning natural gas hookups in new buildings. But the movement is dividing Democrats, putting the party at odds with key allies, and pushing Republicans to fire back with their own legislation. At a federal level, as we know, there just isn't a whole lot happening on climate issues generally. So it's a local fight that hasn't truly become a state fight yet, and it's all because there hasn't been a, you know, a resolution to the national fight. Today, Politico's Rai Rivard on why the push to ban gas stoves is heating up. It's Friday, February 18th. So, Rai, why are local governments across the country pushing to ban natural gas stoves in residential buildings? What do we know about the environmental impact? So this thing started in Berkeley, California a couple of years ago, and it ended up taking off. And their concern was, was I think, multi-pronged. I think there are concerns about emissions. And then there are also concerns, which I think people are becoming increasingly aware of, sort of the indoor contamination of air quality threat from natural gas stove. And so this movement has really taken off um, as both things have become understood, the contribution of gas to climate change and the contribution of gas to indoor air quality issues. Yeah, and how big is this push? How many local governments have already implemented this ban? I mean, we're talking in dozens across the country. Local governments covering about 15 million people or more have some form of a natural gas ban, as they're called, or policies that heavily discourage natural gas. And all of this is in new construction. So there aren't really police coming to rip out stoves and boilers from people's homes. That's that's not what's going on. It's just if, if there's going to be a new residential building or in the future new new homes, natural gas boilers and stoves are discouraged or banned in these things with the idea that electric stoves and boilers will be much cleaner when the grid itself is much cleaner. Yeah, you mentioned new construction, but how could this impact the U.S. real estate market in the future? I mean, I think in some places it's might not be a huge impact. I mean, there will be costs, obviously, to this new equipment, but people expect this to come down. Some gas stoves have a bad reputation. Some gas boilers in the early generations, I think, had a, a not great reputation. But I think the reputation of these things is expected to improve as the technology improves as more people use them. I think the impact on the real estate market is just, it's just a new thing that you have to do when you're building a building. There are all kinds of things that developers have to do when they're building buildings, and, and this is a new thing. But this push hasn't gone without criticism, right? Why is it dividing Democrats and putting the party at odds with some key allies? Particularly as it's moved to the East Coast, where the use of fuel oil, which would also be discouraged or banned under some of these policies, or natural gas is very prevalent. So I'm a reporter now in New Jersey, and 85% of winter heating is done using either natural gas or fuel oil. And there have been serious reliability issues uh, on the East Coast. So not only do people rely on this to stay warm in the winter, but there have been major power outages. And I think there's this 
concern about costs. To heat with electricity, at least for now, is more expensive than to heat with gas. And then there's also, you know, in the back of this, labor concerns. I mean, there are a lot of people employed in the gas sector. There are a lot of companies delivering gas that employ a lot of people in it. So I think there's this combination of all of these different things sort of swirling together, particularly on the East Coast, which just simply colder and so more reliant on heating than your average, say, California city. So what about the other side? How have Republican state legislatures responded to this? So there are laws sort of coming up across the country in 20 or so states where they've enacted laws backed you know, largely by the fossil fuel industry that prevent cities from doing these kind of bans that Berkeley started and some larger cities, including New York City, have taken up. These are red states that you would think of. There's also been legislation introduced in places like Pennsylvania and Michigan and Virginia this year. And there was a bill that went through the New Jersey legislature last session, which ended earlier this year, cleared the Senate and, you know, an all-Democratic legislature with the Democratic governor that would have discouraged um, any kind of electrification requirement, which is another way of saying discouraging gas bans. Also, the EPA is using $1 billion from the bipartisan infrastructure law to help clean up the Great Lakes. That's what the agency announced on Thursday. The Great Lakes and the many rivers that feed into them are home to millions of people. But long-term pollution from historic industrial sites around the Rust Belt have contributed to water quality issues along with invasive species, algal blooms, and other problems. The money from the infrastructure law, along with continued annual appropriations from Congress, will completely fund the work needed to address 22 of the remaining 25 hotspots known as, quote, areas of concern. The money will also follow the guidelines set by President Joe Biden's Justice 40 initiative, which aims to direct the benefits of 40 percent of this type of funding to disadvantaged communities. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Carlos Prieto and Raghu Manavalan edited this week's podcast. Normal Malaykul is the podcast's producer. Jenny Ament is the senior producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back Tuesday. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day, can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com forward slash RNG.